Good day. You are listening to a podcast. But this isn't just any podcast. Just any podcast couldn't do this. Or this. What the? This is the podcast. Starring the tense. Starring the tense. The uh, starring the Ted Smith and Cobb. Ha-ha! The podcast starts. You better wear a helmet now. All right, welcome back to another episode of the podcast. I'll be the host of this here podcast, the Ted Smith, greatest podcast in all the land. All the land. Ah, uh, I'll tell you what. Sometimes you play really good on a sports team, but they still bring back the old salty vet. Ladies and gentlemen, Cobb is back. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, damn. Nice. The old salty vet. I love that. You know what? We are 10 years in the game at this point. I'll take that. I'll accept my my status as a veteran. I'm back from the desert and, you know, I'm feeling good. I'm recovered, mostly. <laughs> well, Matt, Matt did a great job. We held down the fort. We read zero emails, but we, we got a couple We got a couple good cast out there. Nice. Uh, speaking of which, like, beaming to a slide palm springs somewhere in there i gotta say palm deserts not palm springs whatever <laughs> matt comma the, the producer mctp what's up matt hey ted uh, i just want to say real quick congratulations to our longtime listener that we used to uh meet up at with it meltdown brian uh he'd come to our camp he just got married this weekend i just saw that on facebook so congrats brian to you and your lovely wife nice nice work, oh wait brian. a minute yeah yeah, I love that dude. Yeah, yeah dark hair, hella cool. Yeah, yeah. he's yeah. so he's so dope. He like every time I saw him, I was like, dude, this guy's awesome. So yeah, I, we're not like homies or anything, but we're Facebook friends. I saw it and figured I'd shout him out here on the cast. We are homies. We are yeah. homies. Every time I see Brian, I'm fired up, and I always yeah, see him at homie. random places. Yeah, <laughs> that awesome. guy's just got a good energy. I like that guy. Yep. I also like the first year we were hanging out with him. I think he came with some other people, but finally just like, I don't know, it was like second or third date. I was like, dude, just come over to our camp and hang out. Like, you're super <laughs> yeah. cool. You've been hanging out. Like, you might as well just hang out with us in camp. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah, I thought he was just a cool meltdown guy. And then he's like, yeah, I'm a big fan of your podcast. And I was like, what, dude? Like, I just thought you were some awesome guy hanging out here. So, yeah, I was so <laughs> stoked that he enjoyed our our uh nonsense here <laughs> <laughs> uh let's see real quick Cobb. people have been wondering we got to hear about burning man aka mud man but first i want to give some love out to uh we have one we uh the men's room was over in bremerton last saturday at pub 884 unreal event boys just unreal right it's saturday it's a nice day i got up Watched a little college football, you know, went to the store, kind of cleaned up the house, thrilling his wife, picked me up. It's like 120, right? We'll be in Bremerton by three. Wrong. Shit ton of traffic. But we're probably 20 minutes out. I get, a, I get a text from Castle that just says, it's pandemonium over here. Just a heads up. So we're like, hmm, okay. Get there. You can't park anywhere. It's at capacity. Like Suzanne and her husband own this bar. He's I didn't even recognize him, but he's working the door. There's a line out the door. He's like, look, we, we got to wait. We got to get people out before we can get people in. But it is our event. So I walk up to the front and I'm just like, hey, like, well, I'm Ted. I'm on the show. This is Thrill. He's on the show. And this is his wife. And he's like, 
oh, oh, yeah, yeah, of course, of course. It's like we get in, whatever. You know, he comes. He's like, "Sorry, man. I was like, you don't have to apologize." Like, dude, you were you were in the weeds, as they say in the in the in the bar yeah. restaurant industry. I was like, you you look stressed. I was like, I didn't. I felt awkward going up to you, but I was like, ah, uh, we're kind of supposed to be here, so I think we should go in. <laughs> uh, no, that would be hilarious. You show up to that event, and you're standing in line with you. <laughs> like, <wait. right. laughs> but. A lot of cool people we met out there, but uh, Spencer, he emails in. He wrote that book and put the men's room in it. He's a butcher. He had driven up from Oregon. So my in my freezer, I have two Wagyu steaks. Ooh, damn. Nice, dude. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, the event was awesome. So I might talk about that later. But more, most importantly, Cobb is back. People have been asking friends. Fa- first of all. I told the mayor this. You have no idea the amount of people that texted me to ask about you guys in the desert. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> like like my brother, like Chris, that seems about reasonable, right? And you know, you know my brother, he's just like yeah. they're good like are that like have you checked on us? And they're good. And he's like they're good. I was like, "Yep." He's like, "All right." Like, you know, say no more. But even like my cousin Tom randomly texted me like that Sunday night. It's like, <laughs> "I'm hearing really bad stories. Are your friends okay?" <laughs> She's like, don't worry, they're survivors, man. <laughs> yeah, so I did not uh, realize what was going on. And like, I saw you guys that Monday when you left and I was fine with not going. Now, I will say kind of ironically, Thursday, I looked at the weather and I was like, it's only going to be like 75 on Friday. Like now I'm jealous I'm not there. And then by Saturday morning, when I talked to Taryn, it sounded like all all hell had broken loose. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. I mean, so they had had that weather moving up. I had been tracking it moving up from uh, like the Southern Pacific and, you know, it hit California. I don't know if they technically called it a hurricane or a tropical storm, but um, yeah. And so there's some, some weather moving towards Black Rock City. And for people who don't know, you know, if they listen to the cast, this probably do. But so Burning Man, when it's set up, is about the size of San Francisco. It's massive. And uh, it's the third largest city in Nevada. It's all temporary. It's all put up and then taken down in like a three week period. So it's on a dry lake bed. And um, that lake bed, you know, rarely gets wet at all, let alone like a couple inches of rain at once. So, you know, everybody got out there and there's a lot of heavy equipment out there. You're talking like cranes, you know, uh, RVs, uh, trucks, stuff like that to move in all this stuff. So anyway, as soon as the rain hit crazy mud, you probably read about it on, uh, you know, in the news. Um, Did it rain like Friday during the day or was it like overnight? You just woke up and it was it was mud. No, it was like raining during the day, raining at night. And we knew it was going to be we knew it was going to be substantial, but right. you know, Ted, you and I, the first time I went to Burning Man was with you and you know, we got battle tested. I mean, we, we got rocked as you remember, yeah. like there was some major, typically the, the issues out there are sandstorms, dust storms where visibility drops to zero. I mean, it can be, you can be able to barely see one foot in front of your face. And when I say that people sort of think they know, but think about holding your hand out all the way and not being able to see it. I mean, that's what we're talking about. And it's just like getting hit in the face with a sandblaster. Um, so yeah. you bring goggles, you bring a mask. It's awful. Um, but you know, you know, the, the tragedy and the triumph kind of go together out there. I mean, because it's such a cruel environment, it does bring people together to celebrate and you vacillate wildly between having the greatest time of your life and being scared. You're not going to survive. And this trip was no different. So that's what Ted and I experienced a couple of years ago. So, you know, 
just knowing that the last couple of years have been pretty nice weather. I prepared like hell, uh, as usual. You just, you bring stuff for the worst case scenario, you know, just so you can batten down the hatches and ride it out if you need to. And then you hope for the best. Um, so yeah, when the rain hit, uh, the mud hit and instantly everybody was frozen. Like you couldn't move, you couldn't drive any vehicles. You couldn't ride a bike. This mud was so thick and walking, you would have about five inches of mud caked on your shoes. It was difficult to walk more than about a hundred yards, to be honest with you. It was very slick. People were falling down and this was just thick, thick mud, kind of like they have in, in Ukraine right now. Ted, you look yeah, like you want well, to Well, I was going to say, I was just going to say, I also, like I always kind of forget, but people should realize too. Like when they say sandstorms, like you're not dealing with like sand on a beach. It's a dry lake yeah. bed. The sand is different. It's like finer and this and that, and it's, it's like, alkaline, right? It's got alkaline in it. So like you have to take care of your feet and wash down with alcohol almost every, at least every other day to begin with. Yeah, and your skin will start to crack. I mean, it's just so it's the driest atmosphere you can imagine um typically but so with the rain you know it just threw all that out the window and uh people were freaking out a little bit there was a lot of rumors going around that they were going to cancel the burn um that they were calling in the national guard we saw a couple of helicopters flying over um one of my friends went over to center camp which is sort of the uh, city city center or hq city hall if you will and there was people panicking people were freaking out trying to make emergency plans they were talking about the national guard building a road to get us out of there um because it's you know it's eighty thousand people and a ton of vehicles so it got a little crazy but of course you know we decided to rise above it so we just you know smoked some more weed and uh and I got to be careful what I say, because now uh, a couple of the employees at our shop listen to the podcast. But yeah, we just we smoked some weed and we were just like, look, we're out here with a bunch of giant walls of speakers and beautiful women, like cool, you know, fire domes and like, let's have a good time. And so a camp uh, near us just cranked up their speakers and we had a giant dance party. It's probably 300 people in this cool, like, you know, I don't know how you describe it, like this Bedouin sound tent thing. It was awesome, boys. I like I, I couldn't be f-ed to deal with the news at that point. Uh, like, you know, we just they had to deal move with what the was... burn, though, right? From Saturday to Sunday. Uh, yeah, they moved the burn twice, I believe. Um, I think they ended up burning it on Monday, actually, but I'm not sure. All right. Yeah. Um, so they moved it twice. Um, we went out there on Sunday to see, and the guy was basically like, hey, you know, if you see. 10 guys out here rigging it with pyrotechnics, it's going to burn, but it takes them about six hours. And we were like, oh, we thought you guys in the high-vis vests were the pyrotechnics guys. So yeah, they, <laughs> they had to move it a couple of times. But um, I mean, honestly, you know, it did not ruin our trip in the slightest. We had an awesome time. What was cool about the mud was it made it more of a community vibe. So instead of riding out to these big sound camp concerts that are 10,000 people, uh, you just stayed on your block. And it was like little 100-person, 20-person, 30-person dance parties. People were just getting down. Uh, you you could only nice. walk. So you could only go so far. So you just listen for good music, walk over there. Everybody really banded together. It was a nice community vibe. Got to really connect with some of our campmates and stuff. So it was cool. One of the nights we had a little bonfire. We were all just hanging out. Like it was good, man. It was it was a great burn in its own way. Uh, I had an excellent time. I think some people, some of the Instagram influencers and stuff got a little stressed out and uh, they weren't they weren't prepared for the storm, you know? They, they just were not prepared for the high seas and to ride the waves. And I do not think they will be back. But, you know, you're never going to find a more mm, more assertive and competent group of people all in one place. I mean, so many of those people out there have just been waiting for the chance to survive. Um, and they've been preparing for the apocalypse for decades. So 
for some people it was heaven and for some people it was hell and for me yeah, well and heaven. i talked to matt and i were talking about it last week and i said to him i go you know i think people have the wrong impression that it's just either like 70 year old hippies or influencers i'm like there's people hmm. of all shapes sizes different ages like there's oh, yeah. anybody you can imagine out there and like a lot of people have you know, real serious jobs back in the in in regular life. So like, right, when they're out there, they can they can adjust, you know, they can improvise and and get stuff done. Oh, they have some of the most serious jobs. I mean, Elon Musk was out there like, you know, uh, I was thinking more like construction first responders. (laughs) Yeah, there's a bunch of construction workers out there, (laughs) actually. Like, that's what makes it helpful. Yeah, tons of first responders. There's surgeons out there. There's doctors out there. I mean, yeah, people who do anything, especially jobs that are complex, there's a lot of them out there. And it's a lot of people who are searching for something and searching for, you know, a spiritual connection that maybe they don't get in the regular world. So I would not say that it's a bunch of hippies doing drugs. I would say that it is um, a lot of you know, warm, open souls looking to connect. I would say that that's pretty universal out there. Yeah. So to catch you up, I don't know if you've seen everything, but like Saturday, you hear all these stories and it's like, they're sending in the national guard <laughs> by like Saturday night into Sunday, you know, social media is like, there's a bola. Can't believe these rich <laughs> pricks want uh, the national guard to help them. And this and that, I mean, it was, it was wild. And that's then, crazy. Yeah. And then the other thing I told Matt that really bummed me out was how much people like you could tell. And granted, it's hard to tell. You don't know what people are really like, just what they write on the Internet. But like people were taking glee in the fact that it kind of sucked for burners. And I was like, that's just to me, that was just shitty. And it's like, yeah, listen, man, like the people are out there. That is a real thing. Like you shouldn't take glee in it. Well, I think that's become sort of symptomatic of the internet is the people with the loudest voices are the people who are spending the most time on the internet. This really happened with Reddit. Um, the power users, you know, were controlling the narrative. And the problem is, you know, they're spending so much time online that they're ending up really depressed and negative and sort of pissed off at the world. And so that jades a lot of their comments. And because of that, I think, you know, a small minority of people, maybe 10, 15% are able to project that everybody is you know, having that shade and frauda, taking joy in other people's suffering. And you really notice that negative attitude on Reddit now, which is why I don't go on there like I used to. But yeah, I think that's pretty pervasive in the internet and, you know, YouTube comments, stuff like that. So I'm with you, but don't don't lose hope. Humanity is still thriving out there. We were doing fine on the mud flats. <laughs> was there any point where they told you, did, like, what was, how was the information given out on the ground? Was it just like word of mouth from people or like when you went, you said you went to center camp. Was there like somebody being like, all right, here's what actually what's happening. Uh, Rowan went over to center camp, but no, it was mostly all rumors. I will say that BRC, they have their radio station and tuning to that sort of was giving us updates, but there was no, there was no macro update. It was just like, at this point, like the man will not burn tonight. Like that would be like the most we would get is like three right. hours out. Um, or like, you know, at this point, you cannot drive on the playa, stay in place. Like at this point, the gates are closed. You cannot move. But we were never getting like, hey, we have a plan. Here's a three-point thing, you know, starting today, tomorrow, whatever. But my whole thing the whole time is I was like, look, you guys, two hours of sunshine, like this is one of the driest environments on earth. Two hours of sunshine completely changes the equation out here. So just sit tight. And as soon as those clouds break, we have two hours of sun, like we're good. And uh, that's exactly what happened. Like, I think it was it was Monday. 
We had uh, sunny skies, and honestly, within two hours, cars are driving, everyone's riding their bikes, and it's 100% good. It went from completely muddy to completely fine in two, two and a half hours. And by four hours, like the whole city was back alive. So, all right, because that know, was things the only can change thing, quickly. Like, I didn't believe the Ebola stuff and this and that, but uh, yeah, like there was, like, people were like, they're not going to get out till Thursday. That's when I was like, ooh. If I was stuck there to an extra Thursday, I think I would have got. Let's be honest. You know what? The mayor and I talked about it, like the weather, like they were like, oh, you would have been pissy on Friday for a while. And I'm like, yep, that's fair. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dude, I just like that you had enough respect for my survival skills that all the people who were texting you asking how I was doing, you and I did not have contact for people's reference. You're just like, yeah, he's good, man. He's good. Oh, right. Because that Saturday of Liberty weekend was a very busy Saturday for me. And, yeah. you know, it's like Taryn's brother was down there and she called me and they're like, do you hear this? Did you hear that? And I was just like, all right, hang, hang on, hang on, hang on. Like, I'll see you in a couple hours. Let's talk about it then. And then there was a couple of us had some people over that had been there and we were like, well, let's not freak out too much. First of all, they're in an RV. Like, cops been there a bunch. Like, the mayor's been there. They're with somebody else who literally, like, for... I don't know how many years, like lived in real deserts. <laughs> like, like, yeah, survived in the too, Middle East. Right. Like, I'm not fine. too worried about the boys at this point. <laughs> oh, yeah. Dude, and, you know, like, that's the thing. I was like, worst case scenario, we walk to Gerlach, which is only 20 miles. I was like, we can make that in four hours, you know, All like right, if look- we hustle. I have another question. Like the internet made it seem like there was just vehicles stuck all over. When you left, was there was there just abandoned vehicles? Maybe three, two or three okay. that I could think of. Like, no, it was, you know, they were taking a few bad photos and sensationalizing it. But honestly, people were partying, man. Like, think of the people who are out there. Like, think of the Michaels of the world. Like, he was doing fine. <laughs> he didn't even know that anything was going on, you know? <laughs> so... Yeah, man, it's just a bunch of, you know, self-assured, very assertive, confident and competent people. And so, yeah, I, I I wasn't worried for a second. And I'm glad that even without us talking, like my dad didn't even text me. Like he knows we're good. You know what I mean? Like, we, you know, I've been I've traveled for like months at a time without hearing from my parents. He's just like, he's good. Like, we'll we'll see him on Monday. You know, <laughs> so I appreciate that you have that kind of confidence. Um, and yeah, you know, it was well placed. I was out there just dancing and like, you know, uh, hugging people and high fiving and standing on top of the RV watching the chaos. <laughs> <laughs> I did see that one giant structure and I was telling the mayor, I was like, I was like, what? So people need to understand this too about Burning Man. There's a lot of cool giant structures that you you can climb all over you want. But there's nobody to tell you no. So it's yeah. like you have to use your own. Uh, uh, what's the term I'm looking for? You have to know your limits, your own judgment. Yeah, correct. So I was telling them that story and I was like, oh, I never would have climbed up that giant one. I go. But then I always forget when Cobb and I were there the first year, we were bartending at a bar that I was like, yeah, it had to be like 20 feet in the air. And Cobb goes, no, dude. You climbed up like a 70 foot ladder. We're up there. Like, <laughs> yeah. Was rough, swinging rope people. ladder. Dude. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. You just, you know, you never know, but there was a huge structure out there and actually uh, there was a huge water tower thing, but I did see a, the only camp that consistently has an ambulance just at it, ready to go is um, uh, uh, Thunderdome. 
And so, yeah, I did see one person be removed from the Thunderdome in an ambulance. And I saw another guy get taken out of like this crazy trampoline park thing that they built on a backboard. So like there are consequences out there and there's no safety net. They let you feel them. Yeah, because even like that awesome. uh, What's going to say? I think I don't know. I can't remember which year it was. But remember, there was that giant bouncy house that had that huge cargo net over and stuff. And it just right just had a sign like please climb on me, but like at your own risk. Yeah, exactly. It's like, it's on you. <laughs> and I, I think more of life should be that way. It makes it a little more fun and interesting, but yeah, definitely, you know, it's, yeah, there are consequences, <laughs> but I had a great time. Yeah. Well, and I'll, just, I'll end it with this. I said it last week. I go, I think some people are going to learn. Like, it's not for everybody. Like, I love it. I'll go back, but like I always tell people, like I have a few friends that have even gone to other festivals, and like they'll be like, I don't know if I want to go. And I'm like, don't. Yeah, if you're on the <laughs> fence, it's not for you. <laughs> you got to be all in. There's no such thing as halfway crooks, baby. <laughs> oh, that's a great uh, Mob D preference. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, I did talk a little bit about Bremerton. That was awesome. Thanks to everybody that uh, came out to that. Was that that awesome. photo you sent me? Sorry to cut you off. Uh, I think I sent you a photo of like me and Spencer. And then I don't know if I sent an event with like a crowd below you. Oh, yeah, dude. That looked so fun, man. That looked like an awesome event, dude. Right. It was because the bar is like an old house. So we were just doing announcements from up on like the roof. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, it was it was wild. I will tell you more stories uh, off the air. But uh, oh, man, I can't decide. There's one story that's really good. (laughs) <laughs> dude you gotta tell it come on just leave out some names <laughs> all right so hmm how should i explain this let's say let's say burning man is a community right and there was like a symbol that like you basically would only know if you went to burning man or you hung out with burners so there's other communities like that and there's one <laughs> there's one very famous symbol if you know about the, that community and what it stands for so this guy's talking to me and he's shaking my hand. I go, Oh, nice tattoo. I think, I think I know what that one means. And he goes, no, you don't. And I go, no, 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 no. Like, like I have some friends in the community. Like I know what it means like this and that. And he's like, no, you really don't. And I go, and he goes, you're not going to want to hear this. And I go, well, what is it? And he goes, I got this because my wife was really into it. And I didn't realize it stood for that community. So people always ask me about it, but she passed away. And this is why I have it on my arm. And I was like, oh, my God, I am so sorry. He's like, it's okay. I get it all the time. He's like, I had no idea. Was it a fruit? It it, it was. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. That's exactly. Yeah. And he's like, he's like, he's like, he's like, she's just, she was really into, into that thing. So that's why I have it. He goes, I had no idea about it being inverted or whatever. And yeah. So, but when I said that, he's like, no, you don't. Yeah, man, I do. I'm hip. Yeah. I'm with it. (laughs) That's awesome, dude. That's like one of those great foot and mouth moments that does actually bring you closer together. Yeah, and he was super cool. I talked to him like three more times. He's like, dude, like not a big deal. Like it happens. I'm like, yeah, I just feel bad as you toy, you you gave, and I do that to people. You gave me like one nice warning, a second nice warning. Like, no, 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 man, I know what that is. Yeah, that's he gave you some outs, but you know, 
You weren't ready to exit that freeway. <laughs> <laughs> the other crazy thing is uh, also, boys, football's back. Oh, my God. I know, dude. Oh, yes. We got to <laughs> talk about it. So, first of all, because these conferences have gotten so big, NBC used to basically just be Notre Dame football. But now they have a contract with the Big Ten. But it's the second week. So there's not a lot of real games going on. And the other networks get their choice first. So Maryland versus Charlotte was on uh, on King Five. We are back. Right. And it's like, this is unreal. We have like a national game on and it's Maryland versus Charlotte. Damn. Uh, Yeah. So that was good. We were watching football over there. And then, yeah, Sunday got up. Uh, our listener, uh, I got to look up his name, him and his wife are on their honeymoon. So I went down, we tailgated the Seahawks game and then, uh, they went into the game. I just came home and watched from here, but I'm just, uh, it's just, it's just so nice to have football back. <laughs> oh God. I know dude. So wait, so first of all, the Charlotte game, that's, that's got a nacho win for the Terps, right? Yeah. They ended up winning by, uh, 18, but it, it took them. It, it, it did not start off good. Harvey. What was there? We what go. was their Harvey. old thing? The juice is live or something like that. Juice well, it used to be excessive juice. Well, I know that the juice is loose is OJ. OJ excessive yeah. juice. That's right. Excessive juice. I know it had some sort of modifier on it. Um, dude. And well, then obviously, you know, I was texting you on Saturday. Um, I live in Austin about a mile from the stadium. UT coming up with a huge road win against Alabama in Tuscaloosa. Love that. So I was, tr- I'm trying to get Ted down here now for a tailgate. That was crazy, man. Great game. And Steve Sarkeesian, former UW uh, coach. Yep. Yep. Yeah, there is. That's right. That's when I texted you on Saturdays. You sent me that. And I was, I think I just sent back, dude, I just rocked a crazy event. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. We were both pumped up in our own way. That's funny. Um, Yeah. And then also, man, I kind of hate to bring this up, but some people on the cast know. So I'm the my dad is a, was a physical therapist for a long time. And um, I talked about it today. Oh my God, dude. Oh my God. I used this quote. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go, please. So we had a buddy that got really like, like really into good shape, right? Was like competing in like CrossFit, this and that. And one day he's out for a a jog and just collapses. So Cobb's retelling the story to his dad about this guy tearing his Achilles. The way I tell the story is your dad, who's not a big chatty guy just stops whatever he's doing and is like 38 to 42 like male like right leg just like basically (laughs) describing Aaron Rodgers injury last night yeah dude so he's he's reading the my dad's reading the paper and I was like oh yeah you know like my friend just had this injury whatever Uh, he tore his Achilles and he goes he so he doesn't even look up from the paper I'll never never forget this and he goes see a male between 30 and 38 and I go uh yeah and he goes and he turns the page like classic <laughs> so apparently like 90 percent of torn achilles is people in that age range for guys because your muscle is still really strong on your calf but your achilles has weakened and so it's a really strong muscle pulling on a weak tendon and god seeing that aaron Rodgers injury i saw it in slow-mo you can just see the tension on that thing and then pop you see it snap. You see it reverberate all the way up the the calf. Uh, I think three people sent it to me, and I was just like, oh. And it's, I mean, you can tell without even, I didn't even look at the medical board. That thing's a full tear. I mean, just clean. And so he's, I mean, have they announced yet that his season's over? It's got to yeah. be, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah they okay. announced. That, that came injury. out this morning. I mean, oh, yeah. right, so last night, I was at work when it happened because he only played, what, four plays. 
Yeah. And people, at that point, they're like, oh, remember he had that heel injury and this and that. I was like, and they didn't have that close up angle yet. But I was like, yeah, just the way he sat down on the field. I was like, I, I have a feeling that's his Achilles. And then, yeah, by like, by the time the game ended, then it was like half hour later, that slow-mo where you could see it was going around. And it was like, oh, that is awful. Dude, I hate to ask a question. I feel like I already know the answer to, but did they just spend a lot of money on bringing him over the Jets? Yeah. 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 And gave How away much picks. Is a lot of it guaranteed or no? I mean, I got to look at the stats, but yeah, like, I mean, I it, it's just insane. And look, I, I have made fun of Aaron Rodgers and not big, the biggest Aaron Rodgers fan. Mm-hmm. But in this case, like I watched Hard Knocks. And I was like, all right, Aaron, you know what? Maybe I like you a little more now, but also just like the hype and everything like win or lose. I wanted to see what him and that team would do. So like I was disappointed. It just it's just sad to see. Right. Because he's you know, he's still good, but he's at the end of his career. So it's like, ah. Uh, I don't know. He, I get, he, like, he got a fifty seven like, million dollar signing bonus for forty five seconds of work. <laughs> oh my God. Dude, like a million dollars a second. I, Jeez, yeah, I mean Christ. Yeah. And the only thing too is right, he'll be forty next year, which in normal life is fine, but he's a quarterback in the NFL. And like, and I'm stealing this from uh one of the sports guys I saw this morning, like He'll be there all year rehabbing. I think I think Aaron Rodgers is 100% in on the Jets. Like he'll he'll help out uh uh the quarterback the as much as he can, but it's just like right, when you get to like February and March and it's you're still in rehab and it's not going great. Like at that point do you still have that desire to come back for another year? Yeah, and I, I mean the one advantage he has over anybody else is that he can get all the surgeries and stem cells in the world. I mean 40, that's that's really tough to be able to come back. I mean, he was not that mobile of a quarterback to begin with, though, right? Like he was not a big runner. If I, no, I don't know no, that much. That's about not his game. So, so maybe that'll maybe it'll be all right. Is it the leg he throws off of? You know, I got to look again. I, like I, back I, I don't remember. Yeah, but, I don't know, man. But that that could be could be a career ender. We'll see. Yeah, and like that's what I'm saying. Even for me, I'm like, oh well, don't let it end like this. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like nobody wants to see that. Yeah, that's true. I, I don't like when something ends in an injury. It's just, it feels not fair on some level, you know? Yeah. And look, Achilles can happen, right? I saw a guy's Achilles snap playing, you know, pick up hoops before. Ugh. Like that happens. But it's also just a, oh, it was awful. You can, <laughs> yeah, it. You can see it on my face. Yeah. It was awful. Terrific. And the credit to that dude, because we sat there and played like four or five more games, he toughed it out. And then the next day, <laughs> Uh, the guy I work with who brought him was like, yeah, dude, that was his Achilles. I was like, no way. Cause until you've seen it or heard it in person, it is so loud. I was like, that had to be his kneecap or something. No way. That was his Achilles. And it was like, yep, that was his Achilles. Christ, dude. That's God. (laughs) Not only that, it doesn't, I didn't say how I know these people, but like he was about to get married in a few months and was like, oh, I'll come, you know, I'll start hoops with you guys. So I get back in shape. Then apparently I think his wife to be just chewed him out. Like I told you not to start with basketball. And it's like, listen, he's already, he's already fucking hurting. Like we don't have to, we yeah. don't have to break him down. Like there's nothing you can do at this point. Like he's going to be on a mobility scooter at the wedding. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Screaming Adam's not bringing that Achilles back, honey. <laughs> God, dude. <laughs> Jesus, boys. 
It would also, before we take a break, just my yearly reminder. Listen, I love football. Played a couple of years at Dematha. Never forget, though, other sports are contact sports. Football is a violent, aggressive sport. Like, I love, like, people, I remember on the men's room, people like, stop saying that. It's just a contact sport. Like, no, it's a collision sport and it is violent. Like, don't ever lose track of what football is. Oh, yeah. It's like getting in a car accident in every play. Dude, I've been watching that on the net on Netflix. Uh, they have that thing about the gators, like Swamp Kings. You guys yeah. seen that? I have, yeah. Yeah, I've been enjoying that. And some of those hits are crazy. One of my buddies uh in this building where we live was a bouncer at the bar where um the whole like uh Tim Tebow Aaron Hernandez thing happened. And it's just it's wild here in both sides. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they kind of glossed over a lot of things in that uh documentary oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah doc, yeah documentary exactly it was a fun ride though uh all right well let's take a break here and we'll come back uh, we'll come back. who knows we might have 20 emails in there we might have two i have no idea but we'll come back read some emails what's matt and the cop topic All right. Welcome back. Thank you to all our sponsors. Uh, We did mention football and as a good sports fan, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention uh, the Seahawks absolutely looked like crap. And man, that was a bad game. It's week one. So I'm not I'm not going to freak out. Everybody expects me to. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, the first three or four weeks in the NFL are always a little wild. But man, the Hawks caught it. They caught just a whooping, especially in that second half. He get the right time. Peak at the red time. I'm a Pete Carroll guy, boys. It's we don't need to be peaking in week one. He's you know he's working out the kinks. He's figuring out what he's got. Uh, you know Pete Carroll's strategy. I mean it hasn't worked every year, but it's generally been directionally accurate. So all I'm gonna say, Ted, peak at the right time. Hey, look, I'm with you. They're playing Detroit 10 a.m. Sunday morning on paper. After last week, Detroit should kick the crap out of the Seahawks. But I'm like, that's eh, it's week two of the NFL. You never know. And you know they had hard practice this week. Yeah. And, you know, nobody, we're not giving Pete credit for, like, the amazing trade he made with Russell. I mean, that, that ship is sinking quick. <laughs> I know. There's so many storylines. It's it's oh. wild, man. Yeah, it is. That's, yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> do you want to do emails? Or, I'm, I'm happy to talk football as long as you all want. <laughs> No, how many it's how many good. emails? I forgot to ask you again. Oh, uh, one, two, three, four, five. All right, let's get into them. Apocryphal, uh, apocryph, oh, apocryph. Uh, this pronunciation looks weird. Um, anyway, I wasn't able to pronounce it the last time he emailed it in, so he emailed again with the pronunciation, and actually that makes it even tougher. It's uh dot. It doesn't matter. Uh, apocryph. Okay. How is that possible? All right. I guess this one confuses me. Uh, It means a story or statement of doubtful authenticity, although widely circulated as being true. Some people might say that it's apocryphal to this, the greatest podcast in all the land. All the land. All the land. (laughs) But we know those people are damn dirty liars. August. (laughs) Damn straight. Nice. There was, there was, uh, I'd say probably five or six people too at the, uh, at the event they're like larp on I'm like oh nice let's go that's we like are, our code <laughs> we are many right. hola gents i'm not the guy as far as the question but i have someone who is um so the question i think was like who is your like like i've got a guy 
Um, oh, yeah. I have a buddy that would show up to questionable activities. Only stipulations are pay cash for flights, leave your phone at home, and uh, just a bunch of, I think this is a swear word, but I don't know which one. Uh, email me if y'all want more details. But he's my ride or die, and I introduced him to the greatest podcast in all the land. All the land. All the land. Keith, the OTR guy. You know what? I will email you, Keith. Dude. I'm just going to say, send us details. <laughs> <laughs> Should I go? No, um, like no period. No, Nothing. no. Um, yeah. What's that called? Punctuation. Yeah. yeah. Send us details. All right. We'll find out next week. <laughs> <laughs> bring cash. <laughs> yeah. Bring, yeah. Dude, bring cash. Cash. Well, only. That's like, that's like the old saying, right? Like you're up to something probably no good if you're getting cash out after like 11 or, or midnight. Oh yeah, dude. Oh God. Okay. I've, I've told this story once before. I'll tell a very short version because it was a long time ago on this cast. My friend is very embarrassed about this. I'm not going to say his name or where he went to school or any identifying information. Um, but uh, how do I tell you guys? Uh, it's okay. Um, this person I know, um, we were in Vegas together and we were there with a big group of guys. I went to bed. Ted already knows what's coming. I went to bed and uh, a couple guys uh, went out to the strip club. And uh, it's actually not that unlike Ted's strip club story. So, um, you know, guys are just throwing around money, having fun, and they're getting dances. And they kind of start, you know, acting a little out of pocket. They get a little crazy in the strip club, as men do. So my buddy racks up this huge tab for what was for us a huge tab at the time. You know, we we're like 23 or something. And then uh, he, they ask for them all to pay. And he's like, you know what? I got this. Throws down his credit card. They run it. It clears. 5.30 a.m. He walks out of the strip club. Sun is coming up. As he leaves the doors, he pulls up his phone. Yeah. American Express. My credit card's been stolen. <laughs> yeah. Just didn't pay. They refunded everything. He didn't pay for anything. He hates when I tell that story. So I don't <laughs> want to give any identifying info, but pretty hilarious move. And it was honestly kind of a secret agent move. Pretty, pretty funny. Well, me and you have a mutual friend <laughs> and I mean, it was late. It had to be like 1230 or 1am. He just happened to be in the same neighborhood I was in. And uh was going to say, <laughs> that's why I started waving, give you a heads up. Like your door is open. Jesus voice. And uh, you know, say, I, got, I got two Westies in here too. Go ahead. Oh, nice. Nice. He goes, where in the hell are you going right now? And I go, oh, just to the ATM. And he just looks at me. He goes, uh all right yeah you still got two hours to go to the strip club i was just like i didn't <laughs> yeah. say that and he's like you don't have to you didn't have it's to like, guy. he's like right he's like i know your habits like what are you doing going atm at this time of night I'm like yeah all right you got me anyhow see you later <laughs> yeah that's a cash business oh <laughs> uh, that's awesome uh ted oh so texas football ted and everyone i want to hit up a texas game what would you recommend and are you available Hit me up. Beers on me. Keith, the OTR guy. I mean, is he asking you or me? Uh, I think he's asking you because you're sort of an expert. I'm pulling up their schedule right now to give my hot take as well. I mean, for me, it's more about uh, having some days around it, but I'm, 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 I already have a big November, but I'm looking. I should probably tell this to Cobb and I know just off the cast, but I'm looking at maybe that first weekend in November jetting down like a i don't know like a friday morning or something watch a game and head back out sunday and, and i know that, could be huge. that weekend i already looked it up <laughs> what's up 
I know the weekend I'm th- thinking of, like, I know they're already, I know they're at home. I already looked at it. Yeah. It looks like K state easy win. <laughs> Number four, Texas. Wait, it's tough to tell which ones of these are at home. Um, yeah, actually these, this, the thing I'm looking at doesn't list it, but yeah, there's some good, this is an awful schedule. It's also funny that I used to kind of hate on Texas, right? Like when SC or, but when they beat like SC, I was like, all right, I like Texas. Or like, remember we were Oklahoma fans for, for a day in Dallas. But like, <laughs> if I go to a Texas game, like, oh, I will be dripping in burnt orange. <laughs> Dude. So what I would say is this is not Austin. This is Dallas, but the Cotton Bowl, Texas, Oklahoma. That's always a go-to really good one. I've good been, one. Right. We've been, we've tailgated that. That was a great time. Oh, bro, I've got I've got the game for you. And actually, Ted, this is probably my recommendation for you, too. Oh, man, this. Wow, dude. I didn't even really I didn't realize this. October 28th. So Halloween weekend, which is insane in Austin versus BYU at home. (laughs) Is this a night game? Oh, my God. Uh, I can't see the time. The start time. Yeah, Ted, I think that's. I think that's our ticket. Well, we'll see. Um, October 28th. What day is actual Halloween? Because you got to be back. This could work. That weekend's not going to work. I'll, I'll talk to you oh. off the cast. Okay. I already, I already have a little bit of an idea. All right. <laughs> Damn. Halloween's not till Tuesday. I thought you'd get by. Okay, cool. Uh, anyway, that's the one I would recommend um, to Keith. Uh, two more and emails. Keith, you got to keep keep in mind, like, I want to go to Austin to see a game, but Cobb's not wrong. Even if you just go to Dallas and go to around the Cotton Bowl, it's the last weekend of the Texas State Fair. There's, I don't, I wouldn't, I don't, I, I would say there might be seventy thousand people outside that stadium that aren't even going in. Yeah, it goes off. It's yeah. very cool. Ted and I had a good time. Uh, greetings to the greatest podcast in all the land. All the all land. the land. I've been called upon as a mechanic for both skill and knowledge for a wide range of things. Also, as the trivia guy, I've had several people question how I know certain things, but. I just know a bunch of seemingly odd and random stuff that most people would, wouldn't take time to learn. LARP on. Emmett, the big rig mechanic. Emmett. I like that. <laughs> That's awesome. Big rig mechanic. Um, Carson, the lawyer, question mark. Oh, interesting. Uh, that's the that's the subject line. Either oh. I'm high or the pre-wedding prep is making me delusional, but this man is Cobb. Not even Cobb light or Cherry Cobb. With that cadence and speech rhythm, we're talking full-flavor original OG Cobb. I've only bought Chuck Roast label as ribeye once. Told myself I'd never let it happen again. Joe. So we had we had Carson on one week when you weren't here to talk college football and uh, SC football. Mm, nice. Which we now have <laughs> oh, a stand-in. Oh, I see. He was my stand-in? Nice. Yeah. Well, well mainly, like, Matt was like, dude, like we don't have Cobb. We could bring him on during uh, emails to chat. A lot. I was like, I'm ready to chat college football. And uh, yeah, now we have a standing open invite to an SC tailgate. Oh, like uh, USC? Yeah. Yeah. Boys, that's, <laughs> that could be potentially huge for us. <laughs> <laughs> and their campus is like, you know, like, what is it? Like, it's in L.A. It's in L.A., so yeah. Yeah, that's what he was saying. There's not a ton of room to tailgate, but he's like, we got a prime spot. I'm like, dope. Dude, just look at Pete Carroll's face. That's SC football, baby. Like, he is the fountain of... I had some some woman was asking me about him the other day, and she was like, oh, well, I don't know when he's going to retire. I was like, that man's like 50 years old. Just like, no wrinkles. He's good. 
Yeah, USC. That looks like a fun place to go to a game. Yeah, yeah. Coliseum. I'm in. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Also, actually, I just met some friends who have uh, a big, long-standing tailgate right outside the stadium for UT. So when you come down, one of the best spots. All right, cool, cool. Is that all of them? And we got the moke running. Yeah, that's all of them. All right. Uh, Yeah, I mean, look, between this podcast and just meeting people all over the world or the country and then my nephew going to Ole Miss, like we got a lot of tailgate options right now, which is good. We're flush with options. (laughs) Dude, Ole Miss, man, that's how far of a drive is that for me? That feels doable. Yeah, it's deep down there. But yeah, I mean, that's the holy grail is the Grove or used to be for college football for tailgating. What city is that in? Uh, Is that Oxford? Oxford, Mississippi, I believe. So, uh, all right. Well, let's check in with what's happening. Hey, what's good? What's happening? Uh, before we get to what's happening, hey, what's good? What's happening? Check out with what's happening. Hey, what's good? What's happening? Uh, before we get to what's happening, hey, what's good? What's happening? Check out with what's happening. I had a fun weekend. I guess it started, it mostly, oh, Saturday, we, because it mostly started Sunday, but Saturday, I just got to say, I watched that new Shane Gillis special on Netflix, and that is really funny. All right, I haven't watched it yet. I I was hovering on it the other night, but like, I might, I might bang that out tomorrow night. He's a raunchy one, but it was, yeah, it was hilarious. Um, yeah, comedy is supposed to make you laugh. It was mission accomplished. I'm not co-signing on any of his theories or language <laughs> selections, but goddamn, if you like laughing and you got a good sense of humor, Shane Gillis is the man right now. Uh, his previous special live in Austin was is free on YouTube and was also just hysterical. So, um, yeah, he he's one of my favorite uh, canceled celebrities <laughs> who, after SNL got rid of him, he just shot up in popularity as a stand-up and uh deservedly so so yeah that was that was real fun on saturday um watching that got the laundry done and then uh sunday we took off for la and all right spent a couple days there just got back today uh we were celebrating 10 years without drinking that was whoa kind of a trip to you know wrap my head around that it's been that long i mean we've been doing this podcast for over 10 years because i remember cracking beers with you guys and you know in the studio in those those early days so yeah thanks for uh your guys support there's a lot of stories in my head back in the day of like alcohol being part of my identity and this cast was one of those things then the, the local scene in seattle was another and I just got embraced with it, you know, and it, it made it kind of easy. I don't know. You know, your mileage may vary, but I I didn't have a tough time with it. It felt like so it was. Uh, yeah, it was, it was definitely weird hitting that decade mark that I did not see coming. I started it as a 90 day experiment, just like go three months. And yeah, Dude, I was talking to somebody the other day that pretty that I'm really close to and they were like, because they they did the same thing and they read the same book that you had read. Tell people what it what it was again. The easy way to stop drinking by Alan Carr. All right, yeah, and it's I was like, 
oh, I didn't know you kind of tried it just because Matt had. And he was like, yeah, man. Like, I was listening to your podcast, and, like, Matt kept talking about it. So he was like, same thing. He was like, let me just try a month. And then, right, if you're on 10 years, he's probably got to be at, like, six or seven now. Dude. Wow. Awesome. Yeah. And then he got some business ideas and from <laughs> some similar business ideas to some things on this podcast. <laughs> nice. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's been a really cool, like the fact that other people have kind of, you know, followed suit and, you know, other people on their own terms, not because I had anything to do with it. You know, it's just there's definitely been a, a swell of people kind of, you know, veering away from alcohol and in some cases towards other maybe healthier substances that still give you a nice little mind boost, a little break from reality and, you know, whatever, whatever floats your boat on that front but you know i've i've always had to be very careful people are like oh you're sober whoa 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 calm down <laughs> i don't drink alcohol <laughs> don't drop the s word on me Easy. that's rude <laughs> it's rude to the people that are actually sober not to, i don't care but like just yeah i screwed up last week at work because one of our friends is actually like sober sober and i was just like well you could still do this and he's like no man like i don't do anything i'm like yep yep my bad i'm too used to all my california sober friends <laughs> yeah <laughs> raw dog in reality man uh yeah props to the, the actually sober people i'm not trying to you know front um but yeah that was uh it was a lot of fun so we went to la uh obviously i grew up there so we were staying in el segundo which is right next to manhattan beach where i grew up and saw some of my friends and their kids really like us now because you know my friends have kids now it's wild but you know i'm good with kids so they were they were amped to see us and and we had a good time over there and then we went downtown manhattan beach uh to the pier kind of walked around got some really good mexican food at el sombrero if you're ever down there it's definitely a, a great spot to check out and then got some ice cream um, and just kind of hung out downtown a little bit that night. And then yesterday we woke up and went to the beach that I used to go to as a kid, 26th Street in Manhattan Beach. They got the best parking. So if you're ever in Manhattan Beach, you know, this is the this is the way. Trust me. Um, <laughs> go, go, go on a Monday. Go on a Monday afternoon. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Mondays are a great day to find parking in the beach. Even I Sunday bet. night, we were downtown for El Sombrero, and it was the parking was gnarly. It was crazy how crowded that place. Like that place has changed so much since I lived there. For the record, that's not the Manhattan Beach I grew up in. But there are still some spots, and it's still dope to walk the pier. El Sombrero is still great Mexican food, and Twenty Sixth Street has the most parking. So we. We went to the beach for probably three or four hours, I'd say. Um, it was apparently this winter, like, messed up the 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 surf and, like, resituated the sandbar. So all the waves are, like, 20 feet from the shore, if that. And they were huge. So, I mean, it was dangerous playing the old over-under game where you're like, jump over the wave or jump under the wave but like don't mess up because these are these are the force that can just slam your neck into that sand real quick so it got that's a little the way, and that's the way the beaches are i grew up like oh, the really? breakers aren't that far out at all yeah yeah those those shore pounders are just gnarly um but 
it's a lot of fun, you know, to be able to touch and, and play in the waves. Um, but it's also that much more sketchy when you're that close to the sand. <laughs> <laughs> it is. But I told you, like, I went swimming a couple summers ago down in Charleston, Island Palm. And I just I forgot how much fun it is swimming in waves. Like, it's just awesome. The best. Oh, the best. Yeah. Yeah. So I was trying to tell my buddy who doesn't know how to swim, and he's like, "Wasn't well, it more dangerous?" I'm like, "Oh, absolutely, considerably, hundred <laughs> percent." Right? Yeah, like, you're gone, dude. <laughs> he's like, "So that's more fun." I was like, "Yeah, yeah." <laughs> well, and and Washington State requires you by law to wear a life jacket on a paddleboard on a lake. Like, I just think that's so ridiculous. I'm like, this is what I grew up doing, and like, it's so much sketchier. And there's not a life jacket in sight. So, yeah, we were we were having a great time at the beach and, uh, you know, a lot of memories come back every time I'm there. And, you know, it's uh, yeah, I used to terrorize my brothers at that beach. We would we would lay on the sand and then take a piss and then ball it up <laughs> like a snowball and throw it at, at each other. Like we were just wild and crazy kids. It was just fun, you know, reminiscing on the 90s. Like, I don't know, it was different time. Um, so that was, uh, that was all leading up to go see ghost at the forum. And that was my seventh time seeing them. I did the math. Um, they've come so the a long forum's way. Still there. Yeah. The forum's still there. It's just for concerts now. Okay. Yeah. I think we talked about that. Yeah. That's where I grew up going to the, the Kings games and some Lakers games, but my dad had season tickets for the Kings, and I went to a bunch of them and saw Gretzky break Gordy Howe's goals record there. And, you know, just had a lot of like formative, pivotal memories, you know, going to those games with my dad. So, you know, I, I'm just like, uh, it's like the crazy the amount of memories that come back. And, you know, I always get a little bit emotional, but I just love checking it out. And obviously, LA is also kind of a shithole in a lot of ways. So it makes me appreciate the desert more. So <laughs> it was, <laughs> it was fun, you know, going to the old stomping grounds and yeah, ghost killed it. Uh, they're, they're doing two nights there. So they're playing probably right now for the, the second night. I think they might be filming it and All right. for some sort of release, whether it's digital DVD, whatever. Um, and if so, I have a feeling will make the make the final edit because Tyler looked hot as hell and was nice. yeah, was was definitely uh showing showing some skin and we were just rocking out having a great time and you know there's no cell phones like that's what was crazy about it was there was they they put your phone in a little pouch that they close and you can unlock it at the end. And they they literally kicked people out that snuck phones in or, or got their phones out like they they were like, we will kick you out. And they did. So it was not a cell phone in sight at a concert in 2023. And it was so cool. It made it so much more immersive. And, you know, everybody was so much more connected uh, and yeah, I thought that was a really cool touch um, because it was a, you know, kind of a special show. They they played a couple new songs that they haven't been playing on the rest of the tour. They played one of my favorite songs, If You Have Ghosts, um, which they haven't been playing in this tour. Uh, but they did it with cellos and a piano on. Like, right. the, sometimes you go to a arena show, they'll like set up a, a second little mini stage in the back behind the soundboard, which we were standing kind of just in front of the soundboard. 
uh, where the sound's always the best. So and it's in the center, so it's a good spot. But then, yeah, Papa came out that on that side, and and there was you know cellists and a pianist, and they they played one of my favorite songs by them in this like really cool, unique way. I saw him do it acoustic at the station back in the day when they came in. Um, probably that might have been like 2015 or something. But right. yeah, right. it was really, really cool. And yeah, we have a lot, I have a lot of history with that band. I mean, like I said, they came to KISW in 2015 in studio and played a little mini acoustic set that like 20 of us saw. I think you were on the air, Ted. I don't know. I don't think you got to. I was. Yeah, I didn't see it. And I'll be dead honest with you. Like, I still like I get Ghost is a massive band and everything. I just I don't know. I never got too much into them, but I don't dare say that at work because it's like, you know, you don't love Ghost. Like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, I kind of I've over the years, I've started leaning into the fact that, like, it's fun to like bands that, you know, are huge that. Some people, some of the like metal elitists that I associate with, I won't name names, kind of like to flip me shit for liking. And I've kind of started leaning into that a little bit more. Like, yeah, Ghost, Bring Me the Horizon, Avenge Sevenfold. Like, these are huge bands, but I know a lot of people that just love to, you know, give them, give them crap or give me crap for listening to them. And I'm like, come at me dude i like what i like i don't know what to tell you um so yeah, there's yeah, a reason those... they're massive fans yeah <laughs> exactly and... dude i respect that that's why i like the cheesecake factory you know you're just like you know what go f yourself it's yeah like they're killing it <laughs> like right. I, I saw ghost at el corazon oh damn el corazon to the forum like, yeah that's that's god damn that's actually crazy yeah that that's special so it was it was a great celebration and oh. yeah just just a an awesome weekend and i gotta tell you guys this because then we after all that we come home on my blink camera doorbell yesterday like my next door neighbor who i haven't really talked to but i see him and i say hey what's up but i didn't even know his name you know he rings my doorbell and so i like look at it and i tried to talk to him but it wouldn't connect and I'm like, why is he ringing my our doorbell while we're gone? Like, what is going on? And so just don't worry about it. We get home. Our little rosemary bush is like, it looks like someone had fallen on it, right? So there's this like, right. destroyed little rosemary bush. Tyler tied it up. It'll be fine. But the next to it is a mini box of pizza with pizza still in it and ranch still in it a pair of Birkenstocks, a pair of glasses, and a fucking cell phone. What? Yeah. Somebody, like, left their phone, Birks, and glasses, and pizza right next to our rosemary bush that they also kind of destroyed. Did you have you talked to the neighbor? Yeah, they have no idea. Our blink, our camera doorbell didn't pick it up. It's like just out of the range. So but I mean, that's why was that why he was knocking on your door? Oh yeah, yeah. I'm we went. Okay. I went over to his house. And I was like, "Hey, you came by. We were in L.A. Did, is this related to the, the rosemary cell phone glasses and Birkenstocks by chance?" He's like, "Yes, it is." <laughs> well, so, he just saw those and was concerned. Well, they were there for like two days. He's like, "I, I just kept walking, watching them. I didn't know." what wow. what happened or if they were yours or what we we have no idea 
but somebody doesn't have a cell phone, shoes, or glasses. And Dude, I mean, you got to charge pizza, that thing. The pizza's an afterthought. Like, podcast somebody, needs to know. Somebody definitely does not remember where they left all that stuff. Right. That's that's the bottom line there. So they're still out front, but they're within range. So if someone comes and picks them up, we're gonna see who it is. Dude, you got to charge that cell phone up, man. Call home. Yeah. Or mom. It's locked, dude. Everybody's cell phone's locked these days. You can't. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, it'd be impossible. Yeah. So wow. we have no idea what to do. We just left it out there. Like I said, in range of the, the video doorbell so we can see who comes and picks it up. Can you tell what carrier it is? Ooh, that's a good On question. Home screen? Because you could take it into like, you know, the local store and be like, hey. Maybe. Yeah. We I, don't turn it- I don't know. I don't also know. Hold you know their it feels like a mystery that with- I'd like to know the answer to. Yeah, I think it's pretty simple. Somebody was hammered walking home with pizza and either took a nap in your bush or fell in the bush, took off their stuff and went home and then probably has gone up and down that street and has no idea where that stuff is. (laughs) Or they just like were like renting an Airbnb. Like I could easily just be like, screw it. I don't want to know. Let's just get out of (laughs) here. Yeah, just get me home. It was a mess. (laughs) Oh, all right. Well, I think it's about that time. Cobb topic. Cobb topic. All right, boys. So one of the facts that I always share about Austin that makes it seem like it's not real is um, in Portland, there's this donut place uh, that gets a huge line. It's called Voodoo Donuts. We've talked about it on the cast before. They get a massive line at night. Uh, They make great donuts, but they have a cool sort of aesthetic, whatever. The thing I always say about Austin that makes people think that I'm lying is that the voodoo donuts here never has a line there's one close to my house and there's just there's never anybody at it um it's right in the middle of a bunch of stuff and they just for whatever reason the fanship is not here um there's a lot of good competition so they never have a line so anyway um the other day i just i was i'm back just got back in town i got inspired and i was like you know what i'm gonna walk over there even though it's 100 degrees outside i'm gonna get myself an apple fritter i'm gonna treat myself so i walked over there on the way there i decided i actually wanted chipotle so I grabbed Chipotle. Then I walked over, got an apple fritter, ate both, walked home. Um, it, was, it was hot out there. So the cop topic this week, what's the fattest thing you've ever done? Feel free to email us, literally the word email at thepodcast.com. Oh, Ted just winced. That's how you know it's going to be a good topic. Ted just, oh. I mean, you, um, you what's know the fattest the, thing you've ever done? You know the one is I think you tell this story. Like when I was at my heaviest, I would go to McDonald's and order so much food that I would order two sodas to go with it because I didn't want to think it was just me. So, I mean, that's pretty. I forgot about that, dude. Yeah, that's pretty fat boy stuff. I mean, I don't know. Again, I weighed 360 at one point. So, I mean, I I would say my buddy Alex, and he's actually trimmed out. Like he was always, he's taller than I am. So he always held it better and like played college football. But like when he was done playing college football, there were some times we would just sit and watch NFL games and would order like, I remember we'd go to KFC and get 12 tenders, like the big thing of like potato wedges. And then we would order like two large pizzas and just graze all day between two of us. Graze. I love that. It's so weird. Like we weren't smoking. He might have been. I wasn't smoking weed then. We just ate and ate and ate. Oh, all right. I got one more. Nice. Beach week, my senior year. (laughs) Beach week. We all went to Phillips because they had an all you can eat seafood buffet absolutely gorged ourselves but then that evening we wanted to get drunk but we were so full oh this is gonna sound awful we just walked out to the back canal 
back canal behind our place, pulled the trigger, got all the food out and started drinking booze. Wow. Yeah. Ted, I, I love young degenerate Ted, dude. Young degenerate 360 pound Ted, man. That's wow. Yeah. Honestly, that's awesome. <clears throat> that's you win. I don't even know if Matt needs to go, but Matt, anything? Matt? Yeah. <laughs> Your I response, mean... sir? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm not trying to top that, right? I'm just. Yeah, I, I mean it's it was a stoned Jack in the Box run back. There was they had cheesy BLTs for a minute before some tomato shortage, and then this was like 2007, probably there was like a tomato shortage uh, that that got the cheesy BLT off their menu, unfortunately, because it was great the one time I had it. But I had like two of those, and then like they literally had those munchy meals. That was when they like started coming out, and the the deep fried mac and cheese. But I mean, I, I used to run up $15 Jack in the box orders. Like it was nothing, which the, and it was all value menu things. It was never like a nice sandwich. It was all these things, but that was like, I, I remember those stuffed Jack in the box bags for just me. And I was high, but like, I literally started working out so I could keep eating Jack in the box. Like, cause I <laughs> loved their tacos so much. And this was before I had started working out and was smoking blunts a day, like multiple blunts a day. I couldn't even imagine that anymore. And yeah, I, I had some some talk, some Jack in the Box receipts to prove it. But yeah, it was it was when those cheesy BLTs were on Jack in the Box menu was when it was like this is out of hand because they were so good, and it was like. My normal order was bad enough, but I I piled two of those on top of it, and and those mac and cheese bites were so. I've had mac and cheese bites elsewhere, but Jack in the Box is back in the day. Like those were the ones. Not nothing's topped those since. I mean, look, that's just a good name, cheesy BLT. I'm like, ah, that sounds kind of good. They put oh, like yeah. three slices of cheese on it or something. Like it was so Jack in the Box, dude. And like, yeah, Jack in the Box is just so greasy to begin with. And like, it was probably like six of their tacos with that bag. Like, I'm thinking it was six nice. of the tacos, two of the cheesy BLTs, and like the biggest order of the mac and cheese bites I could get, which might have been eight or ten or something. But yeah, those they there was a minute there where there it was like I designed their menu while I was high, and I was like, dude, this <laughs> guy on the commercials just gets me. <laughs> That's a solid oh. entry. And Cobb, I'm impressed, man. Putting down a Chipotle burrito. They're no slouch. And then an apple fritter, but just in the heat. In the heat, dude. Yeah. yeah. 100, 100 degree, half mile walk home. Oh, that Texas humidity. It was it was a fat guy moment. I'd returned to civilization. I don't. I just knew what I needed. You know, sometimes you got to do Lord's work out there, boys. No, I respect it. Power move. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we could talk about it more next week. I just want to give everybody a big life update. I'm a Costco member. Let's go. Executive membership. That's right. Yes, sir. You share that in the thread. <laughs> wow. That's a real grown adult move. I mean, for people who don't know too, like you've, you've also acquired a car this year, uh, Correct. and like you're, you're driving. You got, I even heard about how, wait, can I share a quick parable about your life? 
All right. This may be this might be slightly uncomfortable for you, but it's hilarious to me. So uh, one of our mutual friends, um, Ted, Ted gets this car and he's like, hey, you got to get insurance. I'll hook you with my guy. So he's like, OK, cool. So he like introduces him to his guy via text or email. I don't know. And then a couple weeks later, he follows up with Ted. He's like, hey, man, you know, uh, did you did you get insurance and stuff? And Ted's just like, what do you mean? I thought your guy was on it. And like it, it like. It was, it was, it made me laugh because like a lifetime of just like comped tickets and like people taking care of something. He's like, what do you mean? My guy's on it. Like you have to work with him and pay him and figure out your insurance. And he's like, oh, shit. okay, well, I'll hit him up. <laughs> just made me laugh. His insurance guy did send an email that was like, my apologies and like all caps. <laughs> he had never followed up on it either. Right. Oh, I just, nice. and, and, and who's telling you that was, I was out with him and was like, Hey, I still don't have insurance. Your guy never followed up with me. Mm. Oh, nice. I heard it different. Yeah. The way I heard it is just that you had just assumed since he hooked you up <laughs> that he, you had insurance now. <laughs> no, he's taking some liberties there. I, I definitely was like, I need to get this. But I was like, oh, it's just been a week. I'm not going to sweat it. And, and I don't drive every day. I was like, oh, it's been. And then I was like, all right, dude, it's been like three weeks. Like I'm driving around like I'm, I drove to Portland. Like I need to I need to be street legal. Yeah. And in all fairness, I didn't hear from him. I heard it from a, a friend he plays video games with, a mutual friend of ours. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, Cobb, welcome back. Good to see you, man. Good to see your face. Thank you. It's good to be back. I'm happy to be alive. And the cast marches on. 10 years running, boys. <laughs> uh, and just one more uh, big time thanks to everybody, especially all the uh, V podcast listeners that came up and said something to me over in Bremerton at the uh, pub 884. I don't know when I'm getting back to Bremerton, but I will. People were pumped. We got to get over there. And and frankly, that bar was was dope. Good food, everything. It was, it was a good scene. So there you go. Uh, for MCTP, for Cobb, I'm the Ted Smith. This is the podcast. Cheers. <laughs>